The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and joining me on my little corner of the internet here on my podcast. So those of you that know me know that I'm a lifelong reader and a lover of words. I was often chastised by my friends and family, like, put down that magazine, pay attention, stop reading, <laughs> like actually telling me to stop reading. But I, I basically read everything I can get my hands on. And I've always loved poetry and people who can compose it. And I remember reading the poetry of Emily Dickinson in high school, and I always loved the poem, I'm nobody, who are you? Are you nobody too? Then there's a pair of us, don't tell. It just kind of seemed very conspiratorial, you know, like I was sharing a secret, me being this high school girl with the woman who wrote this way back in 1891. So I've, I've always loved poetry. And recently, um, I was listening to an interview on NPR, and the Poet Laureate of the United States has just been announced for 2022. And if you don't know what the Poet Laureate does or, or what they are, this person serves as the official poet of the United States. And, and during the time that they are the Poet Laureate, they work to raise the national consciousness to a greater appreciation of reading and writing of poetry. And the poet selected this year is a woman named Ada Limon, and she's the 24th Poet Laureate. So as I was listening to this interview, she was asked a question, how is poetry relevant to the times we're living in now? And her answer was poetry can help the nation become whole again in a fraught divided moment. And I thought, wow, you know, we really need this more than ever. We need the beauty of poetry now more than ever. So this is all leading up to my guest today, poet Rosalind Severin McLean, and she's completed two books of poetry in her Oceans of Thought series. And I was introduced to her by my friend, John, who's a wonderful publicist. And he said, you know, you have to read her work. And so I've been spending some time with her beautiful words, and I really wanted to share them with you. So I want to welcome Rosalind to the podcast to talk about her work. So welcome, Rosalind. Yes, thank you, Diane. It's a wonderful idea for me to be here with you today. Well, it's thank wonderful to talk me. with you. And thanks for sitting through my long introduction. <laughs> welcome here. Well, yeah. Rosalind uh, joins me from her home in New York. You know, I've never interviewed a poet before, so I'm excited to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm excited to talk to you as well. You know, we have some quite interesting conversations to do today. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. So just to start to tell people, you know, a little bit about yourself, how do you start writing poetry? Like, how does one become a poet? Um, I would, would look at it this way. I started writing from very young. So I have I had um, been doing this for decades, put it this way. And um, to me, poetry is a healing process. It's a form of healing. And when someone writes poetry, they heal themselves in the moment. It's like a good therapist. You know, you're able to express yourself and tell what's happening in the core. 
through that poetry. And then to you, you touch the reader. The readers look at it and they, they feel they feel it in the moment as well. Yes, so, I, I know what you mean with that experience. So I wanted to ask you, I, I had mentioned the poet laureate earlier, Ada Limon, and her answer to the question, why is poetry relevant now? So would you agree that she feels that poetry can be healing too? And you're saying the same thing, that now we need it more than ever. Yes, most definitely with all what's going on around the world, all the ailments and all the, the confusions and all what's happening, you know, this is a good, a good escape. Poetry actually is a good escape. It's, you know, for those reading, they, it's, like a, it's like a song. They're like songs and they're able to manifest. You manifest those words, you know, you put them together and it manifests and then the universe takes it off. You know, it takes off with the, you know, to, and it expands through the universe. And this is the healing um, process, you know, you get through poetry. It really does, it really does have the effect, you know? Well, I noticed in the poems, in these two books, that you personally draw from a deep well of your own faith. And, you know, faith has been really hard for me to keep going in these times. And yours seems to be very strong. So how do you keep your faith strong? I learn from my experiences, I put it this way. I have been through quite a lot. I'm sure a lot of people have as well. And um, I'm sort of channeling those, those negativities and positivities to try to and try to, 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 to bring it to bring to words. If that could answer what you try the question, try to bring it to words. And through those words, you know, I'm able to, to transcend all these emotions. So you find it, I mean, it's healing for you as the writer, and your wish is that it is also healing for the reader. Yes. And to me, faith is the process of, of doing, not always just expecting. You know, without faith, without work is dead. You can say you have faith and you don't put the work and energy into what you want, or, you know, then you don't, then it's dead because there's no way you have to do the process. Yes. And through, yes, and through, through this work of, of, of writing for me, I am doing the process so that the readers, I as well, and the readers are able to find a channel as to how to do it. I don't know if that if that is the creative sense of it, but it's like a creativity, you know. You put your message, you put your message into action, messages, because there are different messages in there into actions. That's you an know? interesting comment that you made, though, that you have to feed your faith, and yes. this is what does it for you, right? Yes, yes, because it's been difficult. It's not an easy process. Um, life on the whole, I guess, is not easy, but even the writing, I mean, I write, yes, I write, I mean, I can produce something next, next and no time. But then, you know, it's, it's a lot of principalities, a lot of negativities, everything dots at you. You know, when you're trying to do something good, to stay on the path, you have to be, you know, you, you really have to have that, that foundation. Otherwise, it doesn't add up. You know, the foundation of the little faith, that foundation can grow and then you see it manifesting. I think I think that that kind of explains it. Yes. Yeah. Yes? Just just to feed that. Yes. yes. 
Thank you for that explanation. In book one, you dedicate book one to the memory of your sister, Yvonne, and you share some beautiful pictures of her. She looked like such a beautiful person. And can you tell us about her? Because she's such a big figure in, in the book one. In book one. Yes, Yvonne, Yvonne is um, the sister right after me. You know, we are from a family of four girls and she's the one, I'm the second in the family. And even I were very close, you know, she's a very uh, beautiful, humble um, person, you know, with a very, uh, you know, very humble spirit, you know, kept very wise, very intelligent girl who did, who kept everything inside. You know, we share a lot. We, you know, she stuck close to me, you know, from to, to thick and thin. So all, anything that would be going on with her, you know, although I lived abroad, you know, she lived in the island, I lived out here in the States, we shared it. You know, we, she would call me. So I knew a lot of what's going, what's going on with her. Um, you know, Yvonne was very artistic. You know, she played the piano beautifully for years. We all played music and she was a very good pianist, very much into dance and culture, very much into the church, you know, playing the organ for the church. And um, yeah, so we, um, being so close for all these years since childhood, you know, and, um, seeing how her life her life went on and then she was she got she got ill and that you know then she passed away you know it um it really left a void and that void and this you know that void cannot be filled no matter what you can you can fill the void of of someone um although although there are many other people who can probably you know but that that sister contact she was like my best sister she was my best sister put it that way you know and um knowing that you know we were so close and another thing she believed in me she believed in my work as a writer she always said to me oh you're an author you can do it what are you going to do with all your work because i will just write and send it to her and tell her what you think of that she said oh it's good it's good even before i put it in the book you know the years i would send her just a little slip of poetry and then she always believed that I could write, that I was an author, I'm an author. She said, you're an author, you can write. She and my father always said that. So with that, um, with that confidence in me and encouragement, you know, I, I um, you know, yeah, this is actually like one of the main reasons I'm, I'm definitely putting out there, you know, because I have all this work there on the tape, on cassette. Those are the days of cassette recording in the 80s and I cassette record my, my work you know, save my stuff. And she was the one who was pushing me. You know, you can write a book, you could do this, you could do that. Why don't you do this? You're wasting every, wasting your time and she will give you, trying to, you know, encourage me. Yes, so that's um, why too, I dedicated book one to her, you know, and, and I used, I would tell her, yes, I would do it, I would do it. And I'm, I did it and she was already passed, you know, she already passed on. So- Well, you yeah. could feel that love coming through in the work. And I really related to what you were writing because I'm very close to my sister. We're, we're very close in age. We're only 18 months apart. Wow. I live in California and she lives in Florida. So we're, we're separated, but we, we talk almost every day, sometimes a couple of times a day. Yes, And yes. I could not imagine the void that would be left in my life if she wasn't in my life because she's just such a big part of it. And we've been so connected and so close 
just like you were. So those poems really touched me in in book one. And especially the one where you believe that her spirit and her essence is still with you, even though she's gone from this planet, right? This earthly plane. And you Mm -hmm. write a beautiful poem of her coming to you as a bird. Oh, yes. The cuckoo, the cuckoo of the bird. And I I just thought that was so beautiful. So she's she's still with you. Mm -hmm. Yes, she shows me signs, you know, and it's a matter of being still to listen because the spirits are always with you. And um, we sometimes you miss, we miss it because we're not we're not in tune, or there's too much going on wrong that we cannot pick it up. And I have been you know involved in meditation and this type of thing for many years, and you know, knowing you know she gave me that stillness as well. She was one who believed in my meditation. I mean anything I would do, my, my other sisters and parents would not go along with it, but she was there. You know, so you had that connection. Yes. You know, meditation from since in the 70s and 80s, I've been involved in meditation, different meditations. And um, no one would think it's it's right. Back in the islands, it was like, you know, why are you doing this? You're going to church, you're Catholic. And she was the one who told me, go ahead. That's what you want to do, you know. So it's a lot of, you know, and another thing too, I don't think anyone really believed how close we were because we were not, I lived abroad. I lived away. So although I lived away, as you say, the calls were coming in three times a day sometimes. I just call, just to say I call. I have nothing to say, but just to say I call, I call. And she would say, oh, I'm busy, I'm working. And I said, okay, I'm just calling to say hi. And that type of thing. Yes. So, you know, and um Yes, I remember, I remember definitely when, um, right after she passed, you know, right after, it wasn't too long after that um, we had that experience in here, you know? Well, we I, I believe that very strongly. And, and I, I also uh, understand and appreciate the power of silence yes. and to be still and know, right? And to yes. get quiet. And we, we so often are not quiet. <laughs> So that, that, I think that, we, yes. we miss, we miss so much and, and we miss those signs. So I, yes. I think that's really beautiful. And I know that she is, is with you with just a thought. Yes. Yes. Many persons have told me this, this particular poetry is a, was an eye opener for them. They, they, you, you know, they could caught them off guard, you know, what yeah. they wrote. And um, these are life experiences that I've written and it's actually as a teaching tool to everyone who, who is open to accept, accept my work. And yeah, I have been, um, I am thankful that I was able to touch so many, you know, people worldwide with, with my work, you know? Yeah. Well, people that are listening, your accent is beautiful. It's so, it's so lyrical. And <laughs> you grew up on the Commonwealth of Dominica, which is a small island in the Caribbean. And I have to confess that I wasn't sure where it was. So I, lo- I looked it up on Google mm-hmm. and I really? thought it was interesting. And I wanted to ask you about this. So as I was searching on Google, there was a question, is Dominica safe for tourists? And it pops up. You should not travel to this country or region. Your personal safety and security are great risk. If you're already there, you should think about leaving. And this oh. was dated seven days ago. And I'm like, what? What kind of place is this? Wow. Then I, then I scrolled down a little bit and it says, the peace and quiet, the colors, the heritage, 
all combined to make Dominica an inspirational place for writers, artists, photographers, and researchers. Unlike mainstream Caribbean islands, Dominica does not have sprawling and crowded beach resorts. And I'm like, well, this sounds like heaven. So what is it? Is there a contrast there? Is it as scary as the one post was or as beautiful as the other post says? Well, I tell you this, the first post that you read, that may be coming from some far-fetched person, you know, who may want to not agree with um, maybe political, maybe anything. I mean, I'm from Dominica and I don't see that at all. The second post you read, you know, more songs like the island. Dominica, it's actually, they call it the most beautiful island in the Caribbean because of its hills and its mountains, it's very mountainous. We're very um, ego, um, ego tourists, you call it. A lot of the tourists come, come there. They're very happy with the place. They do a lot of hiking. If you're into hiking and into, into you know, this type of um, vacation, you can experience that in Dominica beautifully. You know, the rivers, the b- different beaches. We don't have the white sand like maybe Barbados or any of the other islands, maybe a volcanic island. So you will find a whole different, um, a whole different sort of vacation with all the rainforests and all the beautiful birds and, and experiences in the different lakes, you know, the, a lot of terrain, a lot of, you know, hiking. If you're into hiking, this is the perfect place for you. You know, as for writing poetry and doing all these cultural um, events, Dominica is the place to be, you know. So I, the first post is like a, a shock to me. Well, that was I, surprising because I, I, it yeah. looked like paradise. And when I clicked on like, what is this? It, it was I didn't dig too far into it. It was right. someone posted this uh, about seven days ago. Wow. And, then the, and then the other quote was from 2019. This place is beautiful. The colors, the heritage, the embrace of nature. You know, people go there to get inspiration for photography and research. Yes. And, and so it sounds like a Garden of Eden, like this beautiful place. So I was it curious is. if there was you know something going on we didn't know about or some kind of political unrest or something like no, that no. i think that i don't know who who would have done something so cruel <laughs> you know try to take um, bring down the island but they you know we are into ecotourism and we get a lot of tourists you know who come to the island um and um they enjoy it there are a lot of big hotels you know in a lot of places you know you could visit on the island so um, it's then a baffling to have heard that, that first post you read, you know, yeah. it's not like it at all. No, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I would love to go there. I mean, I love the islands and I have never visited uh, Dominica. So it sounds amazing. And really, as you read, and that's why it surprised me to see that quote, because as I was reading the poetry, you know, you really give us a sense of the island and what it was like growing up there and homes in your collection. Some of them you write in like the Patois, like we hear, we hear the the people talking, the dialect of people on the island. So you really bring us into your world, you know, into the child, your childhood classroom. Yeah. Um, Yes. Uh So tell us a little bit about writing those poems. Like that was your intention that you wanted people to kind of come into your world and see what that was like. Yes, I um, especially the, the one of the convent school where I went to. Um, I have been trying, I, I have this, I had this urge for 
very long time, because if you notice, you may see the poems are written in 2012 or back then, you know, and I just knew I, ha um, I had to bring back these good memories of the childhood days. And a lot, I have a lot of my childhood friends or school friends from back then, we share the same, the same, um, you know, stories. And I think it was just so, so fitting at the time I, I, I put it in the book and the book was published because I was calling um, back home to ask about the different um, for pictures of that time, which was seemed to have been difficult to find because two of the hurricanes and hurricanes had destroyed a lot of the, the, the pictures and, and stuff. So I could not really get too much of it, but I was trying to bring back the memory of of those days, the teachers we had, the way we went in school, the disciplines we had, and mm -hmm. all of all the fun times we had at that time. And it caught on it's so phenomenally. Everybody, you know, gravitated to this, to these, you know, that series of poetry, you know, and they spoke highly about it because it brought that good memories to them. Even the teachers, some of the teachers are, they're like, oh, how does she remember that? I, I could see it happening like yesterday. You know, I could just, and I was writing in a, in, in a vibe, in a rhythm. And as I'm writing, I'm, I am like in this trance and I'm remembering everything that was going on in, you know, for the different classes. Because I brought back those times back in 1958 when I started and I started going from classroom to classroom to classroom until the end of that, that particular time in that school before we went to high school. You know, so I sort of brought back the, the, the elementary school, you know, experiences. Yes. Well, it was yes. wonderful. It was so great to read and to be able to get a, a glimpse of what that was like and yes. to see. And then when you could see the pictures, you had some sure. pictures in the book of the uniforms yes. are so cute <laughs> and their little hats. Yes. And so you really got a sense of of those days and what that was like. It was really beautiful. And I wanted Thank to ask you, you um, a little bit about book two of uh -huh. Oceans of Thought. So you dedicated book two to the members of the Missing Dimensions Band of the 1970s. So tell us a little bit about the band. <laughs> what was going on there? Yes, the band, I tell you what, we started, but well, I started the band. I started um, actually playing acoustic guitar for one of the, the groups that my mother's age, age group, in the older groups of Dominica, they were, had some you know, events and shows and I was asked to play as a child. I was only about 13, 12, 13. So we, I started playing with them. So I played one, um, you know, one for one show and then they asked me to play again. And by that time, that's what like in 1971, my, one of my friends had come back, she was away and she came back from Geneva, Switzerland. So I told the doctor, it was a doctor's group, to ask her. So we formed the duo. We started the duo for the Missing Dimensions Band. From there, we, we, um, we were school children going to the convent high school at the time. So we decided, well, okay, let's form a group. So we, we had a group of friends and then we just, you know, see who would play the bass, who would play the drums. And we formed the convent high school band. You know, the common high school band was only for very short lived because we had the nuns who were in charge. And after, you know, when we started playing, we, they didn't want us to play, allow us to play, unless the head girl of the school would join us. We asked the head girl of the school and she joined us. And at that time, we had a drummer. We had Ella as a drummer. We had an older Williams, who was the bass guitarist. 
I played the rhythm guitar and I played the organ as the keyboards. And my friend Jennifer played the guitar. One of my other friends who passed away now, she played the bongos, you know? So we had formed this band. So we could only play, being a convent band, the holy songs like Oh Happy Day and this type of music. And then we decided one day after playing for a couple of shows for the, for the school, we were going to play pop music like Hang On Snoopy and this type of pop song. That's what we could get at that time in Dominica in the seventies. That's the only music we could get on the radio. So we made the mistake one day to practice. We saw the instruments in the hall, school hall. So we went to practice and we started playing Hang On Snoopy. And then this, the, the principal of the school heard us and that was the end of the school. That was it, Hang On <laughs> Snoopy. <laughs> yes, but then we decided, oh no, we were not going to stop there. That gave us encouragement to move on. And we started asking, you know, different bands for, to allow us to practice on their instruments. And we had no name because we couldn't use Convent High School band. We had to find a name. And among us girls, we came up with the missing dimensions. And because we were at that time the only missing, the only all-girl band on instruments in the Caribbean, in the region. And back in the 70s, we did not know or hear of any other band, not even in the world, maybe in the world, but we never heard of any other band. So we, we were the only band and we took off with our music. That's we really great. rocked. Yes. And we lasted for quite five, six years until everyone started traveling. My friend, Nolda, we all sang, but we had a lead singer that's an older. Nolda is the one who played the bass. So she was in, on the bass and on the lead guitar. And then we, as time went on, we got new girls to come to sing, help us sing. So we had one called Cecilia, she sang and played the organ. So we'd alternate, but we all like had the mics and we all sang, you know, we sang some backup, we sang backup. If someone forgot the words or the lines, they were clicking on me and I would be filling in to sing. So we, we, we all were together and, you know, you know, we, so we hit it. We hit it off real good. <laughs> That sounds like fun. Band, yes. And what yes. was your favorite song to perform? Do you remember? Oh my God, there were so many favorite songs. We had, um, we had a song called, um, oh, um, Rock the Boat. We rock oh the yeah. Boat. <laughs> rock the Boat. So we played those type of songs. We played, we played Kung Fu Fighting. I don't know. That's an old song. I this remember Kung Fu our, Fighting. Yes. This is one of our favorite songs because we got stuck on that song at one of the one of our gigs. We got we got stuck on the song. Uh, you know, Nola forgot the words. The, uh, the girls they forgot the music, and I had to stay on that organ on that git on that um, keyboard to try to make the, the music to keep the, to keep the vibes going. That's so we, great. Yes, we did. A, it was it was it was good. We had a lot of fun doing it. And um, we, you know we didn't get paid back in the days. No one paid us to play to play music. We had no instruments of our own. We had to borrow instruments from other band members, other bands. You know that itself was a, a, a journey, because here we are bending the egos of the male, the male egos as women taking their spots, and we were getting gigs like them. You know we get a lot of events to play for. So that, and then we were like guest performers at certain events as well. 
all good band, you know, the all good band and we make our own outfits and then we come and we play. There's one song we played, she's a lady. Whoa, 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 she's a lady. Right. But we turned it around and we said, he's a man. <laughs> so we had to turn the words of some of the songs to suit us because we're ladies, we're girls. And we were teenagers, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds. We were young teenagers. We couldn't do go to play at dances and any of this type of life, you know, back in the Caribbean, it was this more sheltered life. Yeah. Well, it sounds like so much fun and, and brought you a lot of joy. Yes, so do it, any it recordings was. exist? No, back in the days, unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> back in the days, we didn't have all these recordings. And like today, there were no cell phones. There were no, no computers. We had no recordings. Even to get the, the music for the songs, we sat by the radio after school because we were all at school so like on the weekends and after school in the evenings if our parents allow us to listen to the radio we would be sitting there to get the words of the songs and to try and get the music get the tune then i'd run to the piano and make up the chords you know that's how we got the music for our band we you know we made our own music i wrote the chords from whatever i heard yeah, you just had to crib, you just copy everything from what you heard on the radio. What, uh, yes, no, we had no, no official music sheets. We didn't have that. Back in the days, that didn't exist. You know, right. you had to get creative. So, we had to get creative and create <laughs> our own. Yeah, sometimes too, we are singing the songs, we're rehearsing the songs, and we can't be some words and that's not the word. This is the word. Said, that's what I heard. So now we have to listen again to get the correct words. And sometimes we don't get the correct words, but then we are singing. Right. Just you kind know? of making it up as, as you go, we go along. Down. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it worked. It worked for us because people were fascinated by all music and um, just the idea of girls playing, you know, having instruments. We just not sing like a group. No, we actually play in the instruments that fascinated you know, and we had visitors coming into the island and, and they were astonished as well, you know, to see these young girls playing music and playing good music too. Right. Because what a shocker, right? In 1970, 1970 you know, oh, female yes. musicians. Wow. Yes. You know, and we, I read music. I used to take piano lessons, Jennifer and I. So we, uh, I read a new theory. So I wrote my own music. I wrote the chords to all the music we played. So you were breaking barriers. That's <laughs> well, so yeah, great. Yeah. Yes, and at that time as a child, we were, you know, we still had the mind of a child as young teenagers. It's not like today, the teenagers are more, are more open. It wasn't like that back then. You know, we're still very sheltered by our parents. You know, we couldn't do this, we couldn't do that. We had to come a certain time and this type of thing. Right, you know, much so, more conservative yeah. then, I'm sure. Oh yes. oh, yes, definitely. So we, we did it. We, we, we did it. We made the music and we cut, we cut ourselves um, we can say a record, but not the records on, you know, that we play today, but just knowing that we were the first all-girl band in Dominica and in the Caribbean. We made history. Yeah, you were I mean, breaking we barriers. Made... Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we, we did. And, um, you know, we are still together. I mean, when I say still together, everyone is separate. One is in, Jennifer is in Texas, Anolda is in Bermuda. I'm in New York. Um, Ella is in Dominica. But yet we are still united. We still call, you know, we're still together, you know? So whatever I do with, for the band, uh, you know, whatever ideas that we have, we share. You know, when I wrote, when I wrote a series on the band, you know, Jennifer and I were putting our heads together to get the series done, you know? So it's like we collaborate, 
you know, yes. to get, get all work done. Yes. I'm yeah. sure an incredible bond was formed that will last a lifetime. Yes, yes, yes. We are very close and um, from children because we on the island, you know, everybody knows everybody, this type of thing. So we grew up from since kindergarten, just about, you know, most of us, I mean, Ella was much younger than us, but Nolan, I the same age and Jennifer, just about. So we all grew up from since childhood, growing up together, going to the same schools, the same everything, small island, small island life. Yeah, that <laughs> you know, so sounds amazing. Yes, yes, thank you. It's beautiful that way, yes. So this is how the band um, took off, you know. We really did take off and make history in Dominica. And right now I'm trying, um, you know, working with, the, with some of the, you know, producers at home and trying to get our names, the, the name of the band, the Miss Dimensions band in the archives, on, you know, the old mill archives in Dominica, because we need to keep that history alive to let the, the youth today that they won't forget, you know, we started this music, we did this, they can do it too. You know, we did not, and the thing is we have, we did not wait for anyone to tell us what to do or to give us music or, or to, you no, know, we went and we did it. We wanted to practice. We would go to the band house and we asked the guys, can we practice? You know, we, we, we wrote our own music. No one gave us a sheet of music. We wrote it. You know, I, we didn't have the instruments, as I said, so we would borrow instruments to practice. We had no drums. The drummer would practice on the table, you know, we, you know and this type of thing. So we did what we had to do to, to make it work. And it worked. It really did work. It worked up to today. People are still talking about the band. That's so great. Yeah. Well, I hope that they can preserve that history for future generations to know and to inspire people that things are not impossible and, and you made it happen. Yes, yes, this is why I wrote it. I wrote, and I wrote this, these, uh, this series of poetry since like 2010 or, or way back, 2012. So now it's in the book, you know, um, that's just a start to keep it preserved, keep the history and the memories preserved, you know? Well, so, I hope people yeah. pick up both of these books and I want to drive them to do that. So yeah. I don't, I don't want to put you two on the spot if you can't do this, but is there a short poem that you could share with us? Like oh, one, one that you really like? Yes, of course. Um, would you have any one that you want me to, to read? I mean, there are many of, the, of them here. So is there any one that you prefer that I read? Well, I mean, I really love the ones that you wrote to Yvonne. Okay. So Maybe I'll the one ahead. about the bird. Okay. Oh, Angel Dove. Yes. Yes. Okay. Let me get it here. Yes. I have it here. Um, yes. Yes. I wrote this one in 2017. Yes. Um, as I, as you mentioned, I wrote this, um, this series of poetry on Yvonne, you know, as um, dedicating my work to her. And this one, oh, Angel Dove, um, it's, it's her visit in the spirit you know, to us, yes. Oh, angel dove, floods of emotions, ocean waves flow, rivers of waters, tears overflow. Oh, angel dove, astounded color, striped black and white, moving gently, beautiful in flight, guiding right over my head, landed, Stunning, one step in front of me, not one but twice. 
Two mornings blossom, oh angel dove. Eyes of shiny pearl, reverent delight, rare jewel sight, pure, precious dove. Honest emotions, knowledge untold, truth in motion, wisdom behold, oh angel dove. You came again, oh beloved dove, at my window, with streams of three pecks, Mother's Day, early morning. Surprise, what's that? Come peck, peck, pecking in pure delight. Quiet ease to peek. Oh, mystic dove, you saw that I saw you. Eyes of pearl, then you flew. Oh, angel dove, birds of emotions, ocean waves flow, rivers of waters. Tears overflow. And tell us the best place to find you, your website. Yes, uh, my website is rosalindseverinmclean.com. You know, and uh, I'm on Amazon. The books are available on Amazon and Kindle version and paperback. You know, I also have a YouTube, Oceans of Thoughts YouTube. And, uh, you know, I'll be happy if I can get some people to subscribe. I'm hoping that the listeners subscribe to my YouTube channel for oceans of thoughts and um yeah so this is where um you could really find me my can you actually spell out the website sure so okay the website is r-o-s-a-l-i-n-d-s-e-v-e-r-i-n-m-c-c-l-e-a-n.com rosalindseverinmclean.com is the website i also have books three coming up in hopefully in September, it should be published. So I'm looking forward to producing that one, to getting it up there. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your gift. Thank you so much for inviting me to speak with you. I really appreciate this interview and I'm looking forward to more conversations with you. (laughs) 